0: Um, welcome to the Political Confusion Podcast. I am Molly Moss. Who I, the fuck are you?
1: I am Robert Segovia, hey. Esquire.
0: Really? No, just, no, okay. okay. Um, hey, Robert Segovia, what's this about? What do we do here?
1: Uh, you ask me a question about either government or politics, and I try to answer them, even cool. if I'm hungover.
0: You took a pill. I know. You're not feeling any better yet?
1: I I can't drink whiskey, guys. This is an admission that I'm going to make here on this podcast.
0: This is a gin man.
1: Gin and vodka. Anything. Anything clear.
0: Anything Mm. clear. Hey, Robert Segovia, I've got a non-booze-related question for you. Oh, okay. Uh, um, So, our president's... (laughs) Senor... Donald Trump, um, he went to Switzerland right. and he made a proclamation. He was like, Hey, America's open for business. Guys, hey. On well,
1: the Davos meeting.
0: Yeah, right? the Davos meeting. It was like, Hey, w- w- come and spend money, America. Uh, something I'm curious about. This isn't necessarily specific to him going to Davos making this statement, but like throughout history, presidents go to other countries, and make statements like, Hey, America, this, and yeah. you know, we're this. Do those statements like do they have any actual effect? Are they just saying them to just say them? Is there a uh, kind of that's precedent?
1: a good that's a good question. Um I think the perception so I mean in this media it's been reported that people booed and laughed at
0: yeah. him. Um uh, because well, he's a buffoon, but other presidents have done this Yeah, to so I, degrees, I do know? think
1: I think any president to the international community becomes what they are. And so there, there is going... Trump has just done it very quickly. Um, I think... So let's take the last two presidents, for example. When George W. Bush and Barack Obama spoke in the first and second years of their presidencies, there was... Or at least the first 18 months of their presidencies. I think the international community takes that to heart.
0: They're because really they're, paying attention. They're
1: really paying because they're trying to read the tea leaves. I think with Trump, his initial visits to like England and sort of his initial speeches and his li- initial sort of ca- in his campaign, just in general, uh, really from the get-go, the international community has been pretty much, with exceptions, I'd say Israel is an exception, mm-hmm. uh, but for the most part, has been like, get out of here. Yeah, you know, even yeah. Russia. <laughs> Played with the idea for three or four months, and this is kind of like, yeah. Uh, yeah, never, never yeah, mind. Okay. So, so I think that Trump, or, or I think speeches for so, there is a honeymoon period, mm-hmm. usually where the international community will listen to a president's speech and say, okay, this is what this person believes. Okay. Now, if for so, there
0: it, is some precedent for it being effective. Effective. So, yeah. like,
1: especially so, early on.
0: If so, if Donald Trump wasn't such a piece of shit. And he was actually just like a normal, you know, run of the mill president. Like, like I mean, arguably George Bush and Barack Obama, just like standard presidents. Yeah. But so if he was, if we just had a standard president, say it was Hillary Clinton, if we she was just standard and she went over there, um, standard her, in this way, standard in this way, And, like Specific the p- politician expected behavior yeah, yeah. from a president, yeah, yeah, um, goes over and is like, hey, America's open for business. Would there just start to be more business, like in the
1: first year of a presidency? I was somebody who hadn't just totally destroyed their relationships with the entire European Union. Um, <laughs> I think that there would just be more, yes, we agree with the president. We want to we open business. These are some ways we could, you know, not to say that it would all happen, but there would be from each individual country sort of this agreement or disagreement or, or just sort of like opening negotiation. It would be the open to a negotiation. I think what Trump has kind of done with some of these countries is that there is no negotiation just because of the way he's treated them. Mm -hmm. But I will say for every president, they only have a small window. So a good example is I think Barack Obama, fair or not fair, his relationship with Israel was bad. Mm. So if Barack Obama goes over to Israel uh, in year six and tries to be conciliatory and and open, uh, that ship has already sailed, right? Mm. Because he... He
0: didn't do the work. Yeah, I think,
1: I think there was actually a case with Obama that he didn't go to Israel on his first Middle Eastern trip or something like
0: that. Oh, and that, and, so like well, that move burned him for the rest of his life? It wasn't a
1: total, total burn, but it was, I think there were, that was the first straw on the camel. You know, like, okay. you know what I mean? But, and gotcha. by year six, we'd had enough straws where that relationship was at least fractured or broken. Mm. So, but it usually takes years to accumulate that weight. Gotcha. It, the The difference with Trump is how quickly it's happened, um, where the bridges are you know sort of burned or people are, I mean, in the first few months, foreign officials, I mean, well he didn't he were, had, like, were, we're we're openly talking to other diplomats and going, is he crazy? Like how should we talk to him? Like you know, just worried that they didn't want to say the wrong thing, and they you know because it is so that's what i would say i think speeches especially in the first couple of years matter more than they do later
0: hmm. and okay i guess i'm i'm just it's it's funny to me because the presidents don't really even write the speeches but they're they're more they decide hey i want to i want this to be my plan this is my platform someone else comes writes a speech for Kennedy, he goes to Berlin. yeah. Well, it,
1: it honestly really depends. Not that presidents ever sort of write their own speeches, or at least modern presidents. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, there, there for a long time, presidents did write their speeches. Yeah, uh, but the speeches are so long now and have to include so many things that it would just be unfeasible. But there are people. I mean, like Barack Obama was, you know, had written books and was a professor, basically. His job would probably have been a law professor if he hadn't <laughs> hadn't been president. Yeah. So he was very sort of in the right, you know, it was very sort of like, you know, it's like the guys who write jokes for Gary Shandling would say, <laughs> man, that guy is such a great comic that if I wrote a joke for him, it better be good because he knew that it wasn't. Yeah. So there's there's that level. Some presidents have that level of sort of, meticulousness i mean some presidents just want to make sure that the subjects are in there that they want mm-hmm. to talk about and you also have to think a president's speech is a representation of the government uh, so well,
0: what you use trump someone like trump even considering that
1: well no well i think he is mm-hmm. in a in a weird sort of quasi way so way the way it would work in sort of the functional way usually probably would be that we have these department heads the department head goes, everybody gets the president's speech. And um, let's just say the guy from um, health, health and Human Services says, hey, you know what? I really want this to say this. Could we add a couple of lines about this because we're doing this program right now? And also, could you just move my paragraph up sort of like seven paragraphs? Because I think it's more important than. Transportation uh, la- labor douche over here that I don't care <laughs> about. You know, so I mean, I, I think that that's normally what happens to a degree. Okay. Now, different presidents are, and this is not just Trump, but different presidents listen to different people, hmm. if that makes sense. So, on a speech, a president is well within his white rights to go, we're going to have the department heads look at it, we're going to have the even the secondary department heads look at it. Or they're well within their rights of, like, I just want my chief of staff to look at it, and I just want two other people. Because I'm really into my secretary of state, and I'm really into my uh, secretary of education. And those are the only people that get to look at the speech. The other people can buzz off. Right? Just
0: my best friends and me.
1: Yeah. And sometimes the political people are more involved. Mm. Sometimes the policy people. So that's another thing to think about the White House. Always there's a tension. Between political people and policy people. And so a lot of us think of them as the same. Yeah. And they really just aren't. So like for example, um, the people are, I mean, a lot of people listen to Pod Save America. Those guys are the political people in the Barack Obama White House. Mm. So they're speaking to the political ramifications, all that sort of stuff. They weren't the deep-seated, super-educated policy people. Yeah. Now, part of the problem when you have a president like Trump who doesn't really care about background in a particular department is the political people can, on one side, go, well, they're giving you bad advice. I mean, like, because really, you know, Betsy DeVos does not know about education. (laughs) So what happens is... I think is what's happening now is that they're just not listening to her. And she's a figurehead. So you have political p- people making decisions about education.
0: Mm.
1: That happens in white... That's not just a Trump problem. Yeah. That, is a, that is a sort of... If you have... I don't even know how many department heads there are. But if you have basically about 20, um, a president's not going to like four of them. <laughs> You know I mean you know in, in sort of a real way, yeah, so whereas Arnie Duncan probably could have gone to Obama's office, the education secretary, he put Obama loved that guy, mm-hmm. and he could have made the full pitch for education right in his face, uh, maybe there was some other department head that the president wasn't going to get rid of, but didn't really
0: didn't want to deal with
1: didn't like their opinion, yeah. and maybe the political guy was able to make that case a little bit more, uh, there's some things like defense. And um, national security that traditionally should be non-political. Yeah. Uh, but even then, uh, as we saw earlier in the Trump administration, which there was pushback on that. Sure. It can seep, you know, a little bit. Or really, with the the defense, uh, you know, and sort of national security, there's a limited group of political appointees that should be involved. Okay. So, like, the whole room shouldn't be involved in that. Yeah. You know, so that. Johnny Cooks. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And just the information is secure. Some of the information is secure. In sort of
0: yeah. Okay. I guess just in terms of like speeches that are made to the international community, I mean, like, you know, Trump, we cannot trust anything that comes out of his mouth. And I get that he's got. 18 people potentially putting their two cents into the speech and what we say. Well, he may have four says. or five. He may yeah. have four or five, but it's not just him. Yeah, it's not just him. Um, but, like, these speeches are based on, cool, this is policy we want to push through, this is what we want to present to the international community, blah, blah, blah. And it may or may not have a given effect that they want it to. In Trump's case, I don't think it'll have any effect. But yeah. how? what is what is the precedent for uh the the power like the government power to stick to whatever they present forth to the world so it's like maybe not Oh, uh,
1: okay um
0: like maybe not like america's open for business cuz we're not going to just be like ah fuck you we're closed but like you know 2 months from now fucking trump's gonna see something shiny
1: well i know. okay so so the so the answer so there's two you ask two different questions. Yeah. One is like in Trump's presidency, what can we believe? And I think part of his, and this is this is totally non-policy for me. So this is not not that I agree with Trump's staff, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 I do think that their heartburn is that they have a president who that's why pre- he he gets kind of good marks when he just reads the speech, <laughs> right? Oh my god! You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so there's there's this sort of thing <laughs> where. Their heartburn, I'm sure, in the in the White House is always when Trump just goes off. So that, that the, that's his general problem with the second thing you're talking about, which is how much can we believe how much does the government put things in action?
0: Yeah, well I mean not I necessarily mean, just Trump.
1: Yeah, there's and I other. and so for that question, man, I'm sure there's a research study book or somebody's done <laughs> this. Well they just take not foreign foreign speeches, which I think very little of that is because you know, they aren't. They aren't like we're not making laws on foreign speeches. What it yeah. is is more visionary. Fanfare. It's more. It's well, no, it's just more like at the beginning of the Obama presidency, he talked a lot about uh, rebuilding ties to the international community that had been kind of severed because of the Iraq War and how the international community had kind of felt duped by England and, and the United States. Uh, so he talked about that. That was kind of a vision statement of just like this is what we want to do. Yeah, how much of that succeeded? Well, there's 300 some odd countries, so it sometimes succeeded and sometimes <laughs> didn't succeed, right? But I think that that was the intention, they, yeah. had, they had that intention. So,
0: like, by saying this, I would like it to become so, even if I may or may not work towards making that the goal,
1: yeah, yeah. And so, I think. The intention of Trump was, you know, America first. And that's very off-putting for other countries, right? Yeah. And the, I think the plan for this speech was to try to reintroduce Trump and say America first, but we we like other countries, right?
0: <laughs> America first, but hey, any of you could be second.
1: Yeah, and I don't think, I don't, I don't know this, I haven't looked at the whole total, totality no. of the speech, but I just don't think he delivered that in a way that was believable to his audience. Mm. And I think um, I think it's hard to say if that's because of the content of the speech or it's just because of the person giving the speech. Mm. At, at a certain point, you know, it's at a, it's at a certain point if you, um, you're in a relationship and you're like uh, Thursday comes around and you're like, uh, I'm going to take the garbage out and you just don't. <laughs> and, but but every time your partner asks uh, are you going to take the garbage out you say yeah I'm totally going to take the garbage out after about you know three weeks your partner is going to be like you're not taking the garbage out you never take the why why <laughs> right so i mean i think that's America, t- okay yeah no right. <laughs> uh, but i think it's i think the trump that's the trump sort of issue is that the you know, it's not just the words that someone says, and this is for anybody in the world, but it's who is saying them, right? Yeah. But to answer your other question, because I don't, I've, I'm not trying to dance around. No, I'm just no. trying to give sort of clarity. Um, there, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I might even look this up, but the big speech a president gives is the State of the Union. Yeah. I would totally be interested in a case study of because I'm real nerdy. That's why we have this podcast. <laughs> uh, of. How much of that how much do the presidents actually do? Yeah. You know? So that's a good question. I think those State of the Union speeches are so chock full of information, so many different things. And but I think speeches are intentions. They're not law. They're they're like, we would love to do this. Yeah. Now Well,
0: how much of that is like they would actually love to do this or I'm just saying this to make you people happy and I have no intention of actually doing this?
1: That's a good question. Again, I think somebody would have to do a study in it, but I would, I would say, and we've talked about this before on this podcast. I would say that there is definitely political grandstanding. I mean, anytime somebody's like, "We need to fund veterans and totally revamp veterans," you know, veterans
0: that, are the best. Veterans are the best. My some husband's a veteran.
1: Everybody loves veterans. There's there's like there some the veterans veteran. that we have in the in the at those, but cheer and those they, veterans, and then they just don't help veterans at all. Yeah. I think that that's <laughs> obviously grandstanding, you know? Um, mm. But I do think... So I think if you hear a cliche in one of those speeches...
0: Uh, watch out for that shit.
1: That's probably not going to happen unless it's at the very beginning of the speech. Hmm. So also, the in a, in a State of the Union, the things that someone says at the very beginning of the speech, like the first two or three things, and the things that end up at the very end, in conclusion... Those are high-priority things, right? The big subjects you can take out of a speech, those are something that a president is trying to actively do. So that's one category of these speeches, I would say. Um, Again, not doing the research. (laughs) Uh, Another category is is pandering. Uh, But I think another category is very specific, and probably the bulk of the speech is probably very specific items that they would like to do. So those could be killed. They're not killed because they don't want to do them. They're killed because of the general bureaucracy that we've talked about before.
0: The show. nightmare that is our government.
1: Yeah, so uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, but, but but it's just, you know, sometimes you don't have the funding. Sometimes a, sen- a senator could strike a paragraph of that speech. with, And the president could totally want, and the White House could totally want it to happen. But yeah. they don't get it to happen because, you know, Lindsey Graham has... balls. Oh. Tizzy on something. Uh, so I, I I think that that's I don't think there is intentional pandering. There is political the things that the things that they're trying to get people to clap for. Mm. But a majority of the speech is not that. A majority of the speech is actual intentioned things that they're trying to get done in, in a State yeah. of the Union. I would say a foreign speech is totally visionary. Yeah, it's totally like. Um,
0: Pan, uh, pandery to a degree
1: It well it's more like um,
0: like if I'm in Israel and I want ties to be good with Israel I'm going to say something nice about Israel
1: yeah so yeah. if you so there's probably three speeches right uh, there's the the United States speech and by, what I mean by that is or or whoever it is China, England superpower speech which is we see the world as this thing that we're going to come together and blah 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 and you know it's all connected ah <laughs> That's one That's one kind of foreign speech an American president can make. Ugh. But the other two common ones, or the other three common ones, I would think would be, uh, our relationships are great. Let's keep doing that. We have such great ties. Well, and look at it. us.
0: We're best friends. I mean, that's
1: usually, uh, Trump has screwed this relationship up so bad that it's not the case. Uh-huh. But that's usually the speech that an American president gives in England. You know, like that's usually like we have this relationship. Look how good conf- of friends we are. Yeah, like we're pals. We have these interests. Oh, we, have fish the, and chips. we have these tiny little things that we are disagreeing with. Uh matter we're best friends. Or the third speech is usually um, our relationship is fucked. We get that, um, Our bad, um, <laughs> uh, but we would like to fix that. And these are the ways we would fix that. And the fourth speech would be, you're doing bad things. We're going to punish you for those bad things. Uh, that, you usually don't do that in the country. And that's usually... <sighs> that's usually in our country talking about another thing. Yeah. We'll but those are, the, those are kind of the, uh, the templates for foreign policy speeches. Huh. Uh, we need to...
0: And then just completely ignore other countries.
1: Strengthen the relationship. Rebuild the relationship. You're bad.
0: Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're bad and you should be punished. And part of
1: the American problem is we don't have a lot of we're bad
0: speeches mm-hmm. yeah. so that's oh. that
1: that it's like we there's not a lot of self-reflection so
0: yeah um, woof,
1: and yeah and you're right too to, to point out that it part of that is logistical but part of that is we ignore regions or um in some governments whole areas of the world like south america are don't even really get to the president's desk, you know. Like they're not even really.
0: Yeah, or like most of Africa.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're they're just not as. The pr- that's a, that's a priorities question though. it's like yeah. what what are we putting priority into?
0: And yeah, okay, all right. So everything's bullshit and it doesn't matter. God damn it, William <laughs> Well, this has been the political Community <laughs> podcast. Uh... <laughs> Everything hey. is
1: bullshit. And doesn't doesn't matter. matter. That is this is one <laughs> even depressing one. This one was ah. fine. Was just, you know. <laughs> you don't have to anyone. make them all like apocalyptic. Uh, they
0: are all apocalyptic though.
1: <laughs> Mel Gibson Oh God damn it. <laughs>
0: I have social media. Segovia, do you have social media?
1: I do. What's uh, yours? I'm on Twitter at Robert Segovia's and on Instagram at Robert Segovia's. It's my name with an S. Uh,
0: I'm on everything at Malia O'Paris. The podcast's twitter is pcp underscore pod if you want to tweet questions at us we'll maybe look at those if we remember to look at things oh yeah we we don't remember to look at things we would
1: totally love for you to ask us questions
0: i would also because you know hey listen looking up what's happening in politics takes like five minutes and i'd like to save that five minutes (laughs)
1: Um, we also have a Patreon um, that you can totally donate to. Oh,
0: yeah, what, we do. What is it? Uh, it's it's just Political Confusion Podcast on Patreon. Nice. Yeah. Super. E- look, just look for Political Confusion Podcast uh, and, on the internet.
1: And thank you for everybody who's given a, re- a review on iTunes. Uh, the more reviews we have, they helps. So if you have a little bit of time, please do that.
0: Or, you know, hey, go for a walk. It's nice outside. Do whatever you want to do, man. Live your life. Don't feel like you have to help us. We we Uh, appreciate your help. I roll emoji. Jesus Christ! (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Um, you got any in real life plugs? Real life. um, it's
1: funny because last week I did have a plug and I totally forgot. (laughs) I I feel so bad about that. But I am coming up. um, I don't. I'm gonna double check, but. You know, F it. I am doing. Uh, <laughs> I am doing uh, not this coming up Saturday, but the next Saturday. I uh, host a show at Batch Kolachi called the Comedy Batch. Ooh. Uh, it's a really fun stand-up show with like the kind of the best comics in town. Uh, so check that out. It's at eight o'clock and it's free as a bird. So <sighs> it's cool.
0: All right. Hashtag it's cool. Okay. Um uh, but yeah, it's in Austin, Texas. <laughs> in Austin, Texas. Also in Austin, Texas, six one six Lavaca come to Garage uh every Wednesday at eight. That's the show that I'm on. Or part two, uh a show that I host uh second Saturday of every month at eight. Six one six Lavaca as well. I feel like we did everything we were supposed to do.
1: We did it all. Hey! Hey, look at us.
0: Thanks for listening. Let's go get some booze at Chiro's. All right. All right. Bye, everybody.
1: My hangover just went away. and I want another one. One, two,
0: three.